Welcome <laughs> to Romantic Underpinnings. It's a podcast. Maybe you've heard of them. If not, welcome. <laughs> We're the best one. It's all downhill from here. I'm Andrew. I'm Ashton. And this is the novel where we alternate writing chapters of a historical romance novel, and we each read each other's chapter for the first time live on microphone. Woo! Um, we are currently with our hero and hero, our hero and heroine tramping across the French countryside. We've got a team of British pirates basically trying to go clean and trying to um, steal some secrets for the king. And then we've got two young lovers thrust into the mix of this because Agatha stowed away, well, not stowed away, um, got herself on Anthony's ship as a sailor dressed as a young man who was quickly found out and they're a bit star-crossed, but everything in their mission keeps going wrong. And she's trying to, I don't know if we ever decided where exactly she's trying to go, but I think she's trying to get back to Par- Paramaribo, right? Yeah, she grew up in the colonies of Suriname and she has a vague idea of like, extracting her mother from this horrible farm that her horrible dad runs sort of a thing she hasn't like really thought it out as you can tell and that's probably perhaps because we haven't really thought it out but anyway nonetheless she was sort of held captor in at the court of king william the third yes and so she's escaped and now here we are tromping around the french countryside amidst crops And trees. And trees. In the year 1690. They've been camping at the edge of a field in the last chapter. Anthony, our hero, had been accosted by an unknown assailant. And Agatha hit him with a tree branch. It was a rock. Oh, shit. (laughs) You yell at me all the time for my continuity and not going back and listening or reading or whatever. I don't think I specified what she hit him with. In I did, though. No, no, I definitely remembered it wrong. But I'm. But let's see if the chapter has any major continuity errors. It probably does. That's why people tune in. Anyway, um, if you like this witty banter, you can find us on social media. We're at Rom Underpod on Twitter and at Romantic Underpinnings on Instagram or on the World Wide Web at RomanticUnderpinnings.com. That's all true. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you'd like to add before I commence reading? I apologize in advance <laughs> for how little I moved the plot. <gasps> how dare you? But. I gave is... you such a juicy beginning. You got to put an alien in like E.T. or something. Isn't that what you said last time? Ooh, oh, I had lots of possible explanations. I sort of made it like a bottle episode. We needed to check in with the characters. And Are you were. kidding? So you just left me hanging. Look. Rude. Rude. Look. Listen. Oh, now I'm stealing other people's (laughs) shit. (laughs) Sorry, MFM and whoever else uses that. (laughs) Yikes. It's going to be fine. I and this is <laughs> that'll be our catchphrase. <laughs> it's gonna be fine. It's gonna be fine. Romantic underpinnings, the podcast <laughs> where we'll get through this together. <laughs> Maybe somehow. Oh, I do want to shout out a um, audio romance uh, romance novel that I've been obsessed with. It's called It's a Hidden Legacy. Um, there's three of them. And it's by Iona Andrews, and it's very good, and I'm obsessed and can't stop listening to them. 
And her name is spelled I-L-O-N-A. Is that how you say that? Alona? Uh, yeah, probably Alona. I don't know. Oh, I have such pronunciation problems. Well, you can go back to the beginning of the audiobook. They'll say it. And then... They never say it. They don't at the beginning. They don't say like... Sometimes they the do. They usually say it at the so. very end. Really? Like, you've been listening to whatever by whoever. And this is a Penguin Random House whatever. And, the, you know. All right. Well, assuming you finish this audiobook by the next episode, we can... You know, yeah, I apologize to you know, said author something Andrews, whoever you are. I don't even know if it's a woman, I guess. Yeah, well, we're just gonna <laughs> the listeners and the what author. What a great recommendation! Yeah. I guess I spelled it. Yeah, the author already listens to this. Oh, now, and said author will hear a connect, uh, a, a correct pronunciation of their name in a week. God, I hated that so much. What? When I was doing the correct pronunciation thing? It's yeah. going to be all hoity-toity? Yeah. That's weird because <laughs> generally speaking, I am debonair. And I <laughs> ooze class. You ooze oeuvre? Is it oeuvre? Uh, I mean... What's the... Oeuvre, what does that mean? I, uh, <laughs> oeuvre a, class? Well, uh, oeuvre <laughs> is like somebody's body of work. Oh, your oeuvre is... Cl- okay, yeah, no, I messed that up. Maybe I just wanted to use the word oeuvre. And I fully support you in that. I <laughs> no, you don't. Use the word oeuvre. No, you don't. No, it's a great word. Well, yeah, but just not in the way I used it. Hey, any port in a storm. That's what I always say. That's not true. And you know it. <laughs> yeah, but only because I don't know about sailing, which is <laughs> an unfortunate factor for this very nautical romance we're writing. It's like half your idea. Which is very funny, 22 chapters in, that you still, like, don't know what the bow of a ship is. It's the side. <laughs> I think it's the runt, actually. No, because you got a port bow and a starboard bow. Okay, you're Unless right, you mean right. the port and starboard sides of the front. Who knows? No, no, I think uh-uh. it's just the side. No, it's the side. Yeah. You're right. I just think, I just still think it's funny. Oh, it's, <laughs> I, I've got plenty of blunders, but our characters are on land and yeah they're land lovers look are you pleased i love it when they land love <laughs> i'm one of the world's great land lovers i know but last time you yelled at me for not using the term land lovers and i appreciate well i am in equal measure appreciative that you use that term and mad at myself for skipping it although it would have been hard to fit into this chapter you didn't put it in the chapter well, let's read. Clearly, and find I don't out. know how to take a note. Or you don't know how to take a note. I don't know how to take my own advice. Yeah. I dish it out and I can't take it. All right. Let's explore language, romance, and resilience. And welcome to Romantic Underpinnings. Anyway, I sort of want to start this sentence with she just to make you mad, but it really doesn't start with just she off the page so no one knows who you're talking about. Although, hypothetically, there's basically only one she. You know, I cut out most of that argument. From I the last know, episode. and I was, like, disappointed. <laughs> you know, some things, sometimes I just, like... I'm like a dog who gets a bone between his teeth and won't let go and just keeps huh. shaking his head from side to side as if something will happen and nothing happens. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. How does that work out for you all the time? 
Sometimes it makes me spend a really long time editing a podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Anyway, <clears throat> chapter 22. Agatha swayed slightly from side to side once Anthony let her go, feeling like she might float away and dissolve into the sky at any moment. Anthony knelt next to the prone man, looked around briefly, and then tore off both his sleeves, reaching first one and then the other giant hand across his torso and rending the fabric with a matter-of-fact savagery. What? He he needs to... He needs to... No, he does! <laughs> okay, first of all, I didn't know whose sleeves he tore off. Oh! I thought he was tearing off the prone man's sleeves. <laughs> the sentence reads... And then I was like... You know... What? <laughs> It's it's incredible that I am I instilled a perfect pinpoint balance of ambiguity into that sentence. Rending the fabric because, I, but I don't know why he would do that either. I don't know why he's tearing off his own sleeves. Oh, you'll find out. Oh, seeing Anthony's arms and upper shoulders on full display, really? Yes. Brought Agatha back to reality. He tied the unconscious man at the wrists and ankles before the rest of the crew had fully woken. Would like to point out they would have plenty of rope and stuff. They might not have brought it. And it wasn't close at hand. He needed to secure this man. He needed to tear his own sleeves up I don't, and tie him up with them. I don't think so. That's the point I'm making. <laughs> anyway. Well, your hero shouldn't have done it then. Yeah, I would not have written him doing that. So He told me he did that. He told you? Yeah. What the fuck? How many more strange men would they have to knock out before reaching Paris? <laughs> I mean, they basically have knocked out every person they've come in contact with, but they are in enemy territory, so that checks out. Yeah. Would they knock out an equal amount on the way back? Heaven forbid. Agatha had grown up aware of the violence from which her family attempted to insulate her, but her abstract appreciation of pain and bloodshed seemed to have done little to prepare her for inflicting it on fellow humans. Even humans who were holding a gun to Anthony's perfect temple. <laughs> Where the sun would occasionally catch a bead of sweat. Oh my god. And she would feel an irresistible urge to wipe off that bead of sweat with her thumb, possibly continuing to stroke behind his ear and down the side of his neck, before tracing a collarbone to the divot between his pectorals. Pectorals, really? You couldn't yeah. just say pecs? No, no. This is 1690. They it's just the muscle. Language. Yeah. And where was she again? Where am I? Agatha stomped her feet and shook her head to once again return to the forest. Lobo had started searching the man's pockets, and she had noticed that Anthony had stood up and was looking at her. She shot him what must have been a very unconvincing smile. Anthony approached her. Wow, I cannot read words. Anyway, <clears throat> I suppose I should thank you again, Anthony said. You may have no idea how to fight, but your timing remains impeccable. How did you notice that I'd been accosted? I was watching, said Agatha. Not that I mind, but why weren't you asleep? He was, she was asleep. She was stirring. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah. Fuck, even I wrote that and I don't remember. <laughs> God damn. Yeah, I read. Oh, yeah. All right. Tell me again about the tree branch. It looked like a rock. <laughs> it was a really short segment of tree branch. It was actually a tree branch, he told me. Uh, no. It was my turn on watch. Agatha Barelip, I wasn't watching for intruders. I was watching you. Too much twilight remained for Agatha to comfortably meet Anthony's gaze, so she looked at his arm some more. 
Why had sleeves ever been invented when it came down to it? She felt Anthony's arms rise up and felt his hands clasp her shoulders. When she finally looked up again, she saw concern in his eyes. Are you sure you're all right? He asked. This has been quite a week and quite a night. Let's take a walk. Shouldn't you remain with the crew, sir? She looked back at Anthony's recent assailant. Assailant. Lobo had left him alone in order to rummage menacingly in his rucksack. That's obviously Lobo's rucksack. I think I did it. It's really hard to write about an unconscious guy, it turns out. Yeah, especially when you don't know his name. Yeah, I assumed he was rummaging in the dude's rucksack. He'd search the dude's pockets, and then he was rummaging in his own rucksack, which, again, just just a delicate quadrille I of do ambiguity think it's that I am weaving across the floor. funny that you constantly give me shit about this, and then this chapter is rife. With pronoun issues. Hell yeah. Mm. Just wait, it gets worse. Uh. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about that gets worse, but almost everything gets worse from here. What? This what? is the first draft. Why are you telling me it gets worse? There's no shining gems of amazingness? I mean, aside from not being able to understand who's doing what from who, <laughs> to who, the prose remains impeccable i think also i mean i i have a note in general about you writing action scenes i'm not saying like i'm a savant Mm -hmm. but i sometimes don't know what body parts are supposed like when you were trying to talk about her falling off the ladder (laughs) i was like i don't understand the mechanics of this maneuver yeah that there might I'll tell you later. There, I had a moment. I corrected the most egregious instance of this uh. um, in the middle of writing when I realized something. But I'll, I'll let you know when it happens. And I there thought, might be I more. thought mid writing editing was podcast jail or whatever the hell. Oh, you go to podcast jail? Isn't that what you said? <laughs> you said you're not allowed to even reread it and fix stuff in the moment. Well, this was just earlier in the paragraph. Well, that's what I said. And you were like, no, you can't fix it. I thought you'd it. gone back like, through it from the beginning. I mean, I always try and reread it at least once. I don't. I never reread it. But I was like... Let, let, we'll, we'll get into this when we get to that part of the chat. All right. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. it's not like I'm clean. I'm like checking for spelling errors mainly and like repeated words. Mm-hmm. That's like the most editing I'm doing. Well, obviously, according to my comma usage, which is apparently um, perilous. <laughs> what? Not always. Just some, most of the time. I trip over some of them like they're tree branches or rocks. But most of the time, they're fine. <laughs> Anthony had evaluated the situation as well. Whoever this man is, I'm sure he came alone. There's no way his comrades would abandon him to Lobo's ministrations. How does how do they know that? Maybe he has, like, one more dude in the forest who doesn't want to take on six people. It's a very, very good point. Okay. I think Anthony's just being overconfident because he wants to take a walk. It seems like an odd time to take a walk. They're taking a walk. <laughs> It's a bottle episode. I mean, I know, but it, to me, like, as I've been writing Anthony, this does not, like, he would never leave this man to Lobo. Like, he would never, he would have to know what he was doing there, you know, anyway. Yeah, I can, I'll, uh, 
you know, that's something we can fix in post is <laughs> add some justification for literally... Yeah, there has to be a little bit more because there's yeah. no way he's just like dipping out. Yeah, no, I, I see. I left a golden opportunity to add in some justification. <laughs> we can go back once we... Never mind, I'll spoil the end if I say it. Okay, all right. I've got a point, <clears throat> sort of. <laughs> You're the one who looks like she's... Who looks like she's about to leap out of her shoes at any moment. Agatha mused that her shoes weren't at all what she felt like leaping out of, and the sheer absurdity of that of the thought brought her back once again. She generally didn't need much extra help to desire Anthony, but a small part of her brain recognized that she might be focusing on her baser instincts to distract her from processing what had just happened. Okay, Captain, she finally said. A walk. Just a walk. For no reason. <clears throat> Anthony has a reason. <laughs> Anthony took her arm like a gentleman, escorting her to the dining room at a house party. He gave her forearm a little extra lift as she stepped over roots and reached his long arms ahead of her to swipe branches out of the way. They traveled deeper into the forest where the diminishing light had no chance of gaining purchase. Anthony ended up sitting on a fallen log and he patted a thick accumulation of moss next to him. Sit with me, Agatha. Once Agatha sat, she immediately lost the sensation of weightlessness that had overcome her since knocking the man out. She felt as if she would sink right through the solid log and that she would topple Anthony's substantial bulk when she leaned on him. She leaned anyway, and Anthony remained as unmoving as the log, aside from wrapping an arm around her shoulder. He pulled a stray lock of hair behind her, epi her episode. Wait, her ear, leaving a trail of embers across her temple. Embers. Embers. Why does he have embers? No, it's metaphorical. She's like feeling like tingly and prickly. Oh, I thought his hands had been smudged from the fire. Uh, she waited for Anthony to say something to tell her that it was going to be okay, but he just sat and stared into the darkness. I know what it's like, he said. I felt it before battles I didn't expect to survive and after battles that I barely escaped with my life. I could see the way you looked at me and then the way you didn't look at me. I've even acted on it with shipmates who felt the same way. We all have these urges to celebrate life, to revel in life when it seems the most tenuous. And in case you're wondering, I want you. We'd be up against a tree right now if I didn't, if I thought you were in full possession of your senses. But I wouldn't, I don't, Jesus Christ. This is all my poor reading, by the way. It has nothing to do with your writing. Yeah, Oof. the writing is... Technically sound, if highly implausible. But anyway, continue. Well, right. But I'm saying, like, I don't know why I'm having such a hard time, like, literally just reading the words on the page. <clears throat> okay. But I don't want my first time with you to pass in a fit of delirium. I want us both to enjoy it. Agatha wasn't sure what to say. She wanted to spin around and straddle Anthony, bury her head in his chest, and move her hips against him while she was at it. But it didn't seem appropriate given his solemn attitude. The full meaning of his words sank in after the initial exhilaration at Anthony's apparent reciprocation of her feelings. That was, that was a sentence with a lot of $5 words in it. She reached for his free hand instead, intertwining her fingers with his, shifting slightly in her seat. So this is where the real problem came. Okay. Uh, Aren't they sitting next to each other? Well, they're sitting next to each other and he has one arm around her. Right. So what? So she actually has to reach for his like far arm and they're holding it across the stomach. I decided like sort of like That's weird. 
Well, yeah, that's the only way it could work. Because I originally had her reach for his, like, hand that was right, like, right next if to it's hers. Ne- right. But then I realized it was around her shoulder. So Five I had seconds to ago. reconfigure. Like, right after I wrote it. So they're in a... I'm, like, even just trying to picture that. That seems awkward. I... Do you want to try it real quick? No. Okay. <laughs> I think it could work. You couldn't stay like that for very long. I, I just don't want to try because, like, I don't think the rustling on the couch and whatever is going to help the Well, listeners, no, but, but they we could cut out the audio and then just report back whether it actually works. I know. It's fine. I still think it's weird. It's weird, but they wanted to be holding hands. They wanted to have a shoulder around. I mean, around, you could have just said, like, hand around he shoulder. shifted his arm from around her shoulder to take her hand. He... I could have. Yeah. Anyway, their hands are very busy and all over the place. I still don't know. I think I we've got three hands accounted for right now. Like one of Agatha's is just sort of fucking doing a crossword over to the side. It's or probably just mixing a mixing in a her lap like a normal person when they're sitting next to a person on a log. Maybe. <laughs> All the other hands are doing such exciting Her things. Her one other hand is back with the assailant taking that <laughs> cooking class you mentioned last time. See? Could be all sorts of things. A mouge bouching or something. <laughs> oh, I yeah, don't I don't think that makes sense at all. Love it. But I don't even know what I'm gonna rewrite this whole chapter. Boosh is. But anyway, it's like over there making what is that sauce that's the egg sauce that's like a French thing? Hollandaise? Yeah, I was going to say bechamel. Oh, bechamel. That's what I was thinking of, actually. Is that egg, too? Uh, it might be more creamy uh. situation. I actually have no idea what's in bechamel. I mean, I... Again, no I, idea. I think there's a roux involved. I'm pretty sure you got to start roux? it with a roux. R-O-U-X. It's yeah, like what a, is that? It's like a... Um, it's like a thin, like, sauce base kind of a thing involving wheat and... I think it's like wheat and melted butter or something that you like. That sounds gross. I'm sure if it's French, it's amazing, but it sounds really weird. Yeah, it's like a component in like several of the French mother sauces. Oh, aren't there like five mother sauces? Yeah. Um, I just made that up. Yeah, hang on. Uh, oh, God. This is important. Flour and fat cooked together and used to thicken sauces. Oh, okay. So it well, could that be sounds flour right and up butter. my alley. Well, exa- yeah, fat. but I said flour. I mean, butter is the fat in this case. I guess you could use other fats, but. Well, yeah. you could use, like, I assume, like, animal fat. Ooh. Like, you could use yeah. grease, I would assume. Lard. Yeah, lard. That's what I'm thinking. Yum. All right. Well, either way, mm. well, and well, one of Agatha's hands is <laughs> off making the roux. Um, three hands are occupied on one log with two people, and let's see what happens. Oh, my lanta! <clears throat> How do we know, Anthony? How do we know when it's time? Oh God, sounds kind of whiny. There is always some new danger, some always some crisis, always some stupid mistake or cunning plan. When will it be our time? I'm not sure. I can wait. She's fucking traumatized. Cut her some slack. That's true. But like, anyway, if I had clobbered a man over over the head with a rock and maybe thought I had killed him, I would probably actually go into shock. I mean, she's like dissociating pretty hard. Yeah, but this is not shock. No. Like, I mean, like medical shock. Yeah, yeah. No, she's just getting weird with it. She's she's weird. Okay. Anyway, as long as we can agree. (laughs) 
Anthony squeezed his arm tighter around her shoulder. I don't know, Agatha. I barely have any control when I'm with you, and I have even less control over the rest of this mission. Yeah, because he's got a crew of fucking idiots. But I know that this isn't the time. You're still shaken up. <laughs> Agatha swallowed before speaking, and it felt like she was choking down a grapefruit. I don't want to lose you, okay? I saw them. I saw them gun. The gun. Ooh. I think I saw it, yeah. I think it was so I, I saw that gun against your head. Oh, jeez. Or it says, something, but For yes. dear listeners, it says, I saw them gun against your head. I, there were more people. I see. A I, whole group of people gunned it. against his head. Yeah, but, okay. I saw the gun against your head, and I knew I couldn't lose you. Not after what we've had, what we felt. I feel so silly. We made no promises to each other, and I have no idea if I'll see you again once we get back. If we get back. I suppose I just want to know that right now I can't lose you. Not yet. I want another t- chance to. Her mind flashed back to that first time in the hold when she'd had him with the mo- when she'd had him with the most fleeting of touches and lost him when he discovered her disguise. Wow, sorry, that was my bad reading again. Let me reread that sentence. Her mind flashed back to that first time in the hold when she had had him with the most fleeting of touches and lost him when he discovered her disguise. They slowly closed the distance since that rift, but his hand had never made it back to where she needed it. And his mouth... I know, he whispered, interrupting her thoughts. But if we don't get moving now, we'll never find our way back to camp. Back to the camp. I need to find out who tried to separate us. I need to find out who tried to separate us. By killing him or costing him or whatever he thought was going to happen. I don't, I... He's being sentimental. I'm not sure that that's the best word choice. (laughs) Upon further investigation, (laughs) it's a terrible word choice, but I did not read it Because they are separated. I mean, it worked. If that's the plan, they are separated from the rest of the group. No, that's separating the two of them. But it was absolutely horrific wording. Got it. And... I didn't go back and reread that, of course. I only reread it if I wonder how many hands there are and where they are. Like, sometimes <laughs> you just gotta check these things. Oh, my land. Just to make sure that Anthony doesn't have, like, two left hands or something. I mean, he does seem kind of blundery, but that's a more of a left feet thing. <laughs> Ooh, gonna write a dance sequence later. Then we'll find out. I don't know if they're... Maybe at their wedding when we do an epilogue or whatever. Oh, or... In Paris, they have to infiltrate a fancy society dance. Maybe it's a masquerade, because how else would they get in? They don't have an invitation. We'll go Ocean's They would knock out their... more fucking aristocrats Ocean's and then steal eight their on their clothes. asses. <laughs> LOL. They're just like all dressed up as ladies. Would be very funny. Oh my god. Have you seen have you seen Mulan? Uh yeah. I love I mean, obviously Mulan Disney sucks and you know all cultures don't fare well under their whitewashing. Yes, yes, I got it. But there's the scene in the final, like, battle scene where all these hardened warriors dress up as, like, geishas, which is obviously a Japanese thing and derogatory. They dress up as, wit like, concubines, mm-hmm. I guess, which is also bad. But you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's very funny because they, like, start beating up the rival enemy with, like, the oranges that they pull out of their dresses <sighs> because they, like, stuff fruits in there. To pretend they have boobs. It's very funny. I'd forgotten that. I can't So wait. they can do that without the, like, you know, ethnic cleansing and, you know, terrible. Oh, my God. Stereotyping and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, like, some, <laughs> sometimes. 
times we've written chapters <laughs> where like not much happened because um like we've been hesitant to push the plot along forward. I'm much more guilty of that than you, I'm fully aware. But it's happened a little on both sides. And in this case, I'm gonna write like a five thousand word chapter yeah, you didn't, just to accelerate you and didn't get move to that point. The plot anywhere. Is it because you didn't want to decide who the dude was? Yes and no, just you wait. What what was the little dance? Listeners, he was dancing around merrily and pointing at me. Um I was trying to in an effort to insult me i don't know what is the no, pointing for no, i don't I was, like being pointed at okay fair <laughs> I, I was trying to instill anticipation it was i it don't was now i just have derision this <laughs> well <laughs> go ahead you anticipated correctly oh no oh no all right <clears throat> I need to find out who tried to separate us, and we need to continue to Paris. Whatever's behind us is probably more dangerous than what's ahead, and I don't want to lose you either. Why is whatever's behind them more dangerous than what's ahead? Because they left Rouen under a cloud, and their whole shit was falling apart, and their captive escaped, and Yeah, but, like, hypothetically speaking, what's behind them is, like, England, which is not more dangerous, right? Yes. Oh, okay. Although, the king would be very pissed if they came back. Well, yeah, but I don't, I mean... I don't think he's going to hang them for failing their, like, private... I guess he could. Yeah. I was more thinking about the fact that they had to, like, get away from Rouen right now. And going back toward Rouen would be a bad idea. Got it, got it. Okay. They stumbled their way back through almost total darkness, eventually reaching the camp, where four men milled about expectantly. At first, Agatha blamed it on the darkness, but there were definitely four men up and about, and nobody tied up on the ground. She gripped Anthony's arm next to her, so shocked that she had forgotten his lack of sleeves. So, yeah, is he, like, cuddling her in, like, the kind of the chill, like, darkening forest with no sleeves on his arm? He's probably frozen. Oh, not him. Mm. Her fingers bit into her bicep. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't even me. That was such good timing. Yeah, no, she was trying to rip her own sleeve off in sympathy, but she. You know how hard it is to rip clothes like that. (laughs) Oh, I know. So hard. And he's got like no leverage reaching across his own body. Weird, right? No, he's got no leverage. He has very strong hands and very strong arms, and. Maybe he's also um, a stripper between missions, and he has specially sewn clothing to, in order to do this. Wow. I'm just saying. Does he have, like, tearaway pants on his sleeves? Exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, they're just tearaway sleeves, but oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, same but you know what I mean. Like, uh, no, he's, remember in the 90s where there was the thing where you could, like, unzip the bottom half and then have shorts? Um... A, yes, and B, I have a pair of pants like that in my closet right now. It's like that, but for sleeves. Oh, I thought it would be more like the like tracksuits with the buttons all oh, the way down the side cooler. of one leg. That would be cooler. Anyway. All right, yeah, we have like two sentences. Someone she didn't recognize, but who seems to have ingratiated himself with the crew in the absence of Agatha and Anthony. They were quietly loading the cart, acting for all the world like one of them hadn't been about to kill the man she loved. (gasps) Loved? See? I moved the plot, sort of. I mean, yeah, but you didn't... Now you've put me in a very weird conundrum. Yeah? Why did you do that? Well, I did... uh, One of the possibilities you offered was that the 
mysterious person would end up joining their band in some way. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you just let him roam about camp. In this case, he established trust somehow. We have decided it's a dude. Uh, yes. All right. Because I like sort of still wanted it to be a lady running away from her French husband who abused her. It actually can be. I actually, that would be a pretty good, like, I don't care about, like, there's one or two other things I'd have to change going back in this chapter <laughs> anyway. Are so, you sure? <laughs> doing that little switcheroo on top of it I is I mean, fine. I guess she can be masquerading also, but that seems But tedious. no, I think, no, no, I think, like, basically everything in my chapter would make sense if they found out that it's a French woman and believed her. Not a French woman. Oh, English woman. That's right. Yeah. She was speaking English. Well, yeah, and no French woman would go up to an English band of pirates in the countryside. It makes way more sense Mm -hmm. if she somehow had to marry a Frenchman. Yeah. And he was awful. And so she ran away from him because she heard them speaking English going by or whatever i like that no you should just fucking write that i don't care if i have to go back and change the chapter we're doing a lot of what did you call it backwards continuity retroactive continuity retrograde continuity (laughs) um which i mean i guess is fine it's completely fine because i didn't i don't think i gendered the person did i i don't think i did i have it so i mean i think we could just like change you know three words in yours and it could be she oh let's quote from chapter 21 i mean this is this is like a clip show like when they did what they really frustratingly did like once a year in friends in the second half of the run or so Mm. but i think they did that every season oh lord Mm-hmm. I feel like they had to have not done it for the first couple, but I no, they like went that. back in time to like Thanksgiving. Oh yeah, but I'm talking about clips from like things that happened in previous episodes of Friends that had already been broadcast. They didn't start doing that for a oh, while. Oh, I longer. see what you mean. They're like, it's like remember that time when blah blah blah, Joey and Chandler at the foosball table. Chandler at the foosball table. Anyway, um, what I was getting at is this is like one of those episodes of Friends where I'm about to read back a beloved bit from a previous episode. Going back one week, let's let's read a sentence from the last paragraph of chapter 21. A man was laid out, sprawled oh, next okay. to him, and Agatha stood behind them both, holding a sizable rock. That she had clearly just used for debilitating their stuff. Clearly just used a rock. No, I'll I'll make it. I, I like we can change. I think that's the only reference in your yeah, chapter. Yeah, I think so. So we can change that. We can change rock to tree branch. It could also be if I mean, if we want to save it to be a dude, it could just be a deserter. I sort of like an English deserter. I mean, although he's a coward, right? But he wouldn't be like necessarily really trying to kill them. Yeah, or he could be deserting because... Like his general was had ordered them to do like a right. war crime, which he didn't want to. Yeah, which I think like that there's works. Plenty of ways to disobey orders in good conscience. That's true. Or he like got word his wife was going into labor and needed desperately to be by her side or something. <gasps> he wanted to hijack the mules. Anyway, but he's kind of going the wrong. Yeah, I guess if he was trying to steal their mules. Yeah, because otherwise now if he goes with them, he's going the wrong direction. I guess they could like just promise to take him along and take him on the ship. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. If he helps. Or it could be a friend, a English lady this whole time and he just changed two chapters. I don't care how much we go go back. And oh, change. you prefer the English lady thing. I prefer. I mean, this is what I get for introducing a brand new person. Look, listen, damn it. All right. <laughs> Smell. <laughs> Here. No, what would it touch? Perfect for a podcast. Yes. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? Completely lost it. Oh, no, I just... Anyway. I think uh. we'll find out. You will talk to everyone. You're just going to go to the camp. You're going to interview all the characters, just like how Agatha was telling me what was going down and et cetera. And you're well, just going to Was she find with out. her plate of bechamel? Yeah. Bowl. I don't know if it would sit on a plate. It's like a sauce, right? Yeah, I, I mean, there'd hopefully be something under the bechamel. Or... There are a couple of friends that we have that if they're listening to this, I'm really sorry about the poor food talkings about. They will be very disappointed. <laughs> I will have you know that I've made a roux on no less than two you occasions. You have? Yeah. You've never a rued me. You know what? It is because um, most of my cooking is very lazy. But twice in my life, I have made... You've been lazy cooking for me all this time? Is it because I'm from Iowa? Are you discriminatory? No, it's because I was unemployed every time I made a roux. <laughs> that actually checks out. Having a job and making real French food is too much. <gasps> How dare you. But I actually wasn't really in the service of French food, but I'd followed a really good recipe that I found mm. online for like homemade mac and cheese. Ah, and you do sort of like you've been holding out a rude homemade mac and cheese. Yeah, you like start me. with a roux and then melt a bunch of cheese into it. You've been it holding. Oh my god! Well, I don't even know. Like this was over ten years ago because I'm so good at holding a job. But um, <laughs> I mean, as of age 29 you i've been really good at holding wood a job or something uh, true okay anyway i held a job for almost all of my 30s so far was less said about my 20s the better but in my unemployed 20s i was ruined left and right doesn't sound i'm good. trying no it doesn't i'm trying to think of if there was a stint since i turned like 15 if there was ever more than like a month where i didn't have a job i can't think of one wow yeah, I was developing my culinary skills. <laughs> I wish I, I mean, no, I don't because that's not one of my interests, but I would have probably done a lot of other things. Yeah, see, it's a good, it's true. Now I'm a well-rounded person who should probably start putting this podcast to bed. <gasps> Only if you tuck it in. All right. Um, I will tuck it in. By saying, thank you, podcast, for being another episode of The Best Podcast. <laughs> I appreciate you. And I also appreciate you, the listener, listening to this podcast, without whom none of this would be possible. And I beseech you to tune in next week, where you will hear me read whatever Ashton, um, you know, uh, um carefully cultivates from the <laughs> dunghill that I have placed in front I of her. I don't know about that. I, di I didn't leave you a lot of, like, glorious things, so. Uh, oh, I could have, but I, that's just, like, how the chapter went is, like, I, I just sort of, they, they just wandered off into the woods on me. Like, I think there were a ton of opportunities that I just didn't use, frankly. 
But now, you can show me how it's done. I mean, no, let's not get too ahead of ourselves here. I mean, the listeners are veritably panting with anticipation. Oh, I'm certain of it. I've never been more certain of anything in my life. Well, I hope you don't hyperventilate before next week. Get a paper bag. And rate and review and subscribe our podcast. Tell your friends. Tell your mom. Your mom would probably like it. Just don't tell. Just like don't talk to her about it afterward, maybe. I mean, you can. Whatever. It's your life. Yeah. Whatever works. Just tell people. Spread the good word. Yeah. All right. Um, I think we've done everything but the sign off. <gasps> Languidly yours.